Recording in progress. I'm growing a mustache. <laughs> you had this last time, didn't you? Did I discuss this last time? Why would you start the show with an announcement <laughs> like that? You know why? Because I like my mustache. And all my friends, all my friends, my friends, you know, my friends. Tell you to shave it. They all say, hey, uh, Movember ended in November, you know. Uh, hey, uh, hey there, Silver. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> what, what's with the porn stash? I did tell you, you look younger without it. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I see. I don't see remember that. Before, yeah. I feel like I would have remembered that. You did, and you said, "Well, I don't necessarily care to look younger." That's what you said. You look like okay, a snitch that... from a '70s TV show, <laughs> or a cop from an '80s TV. Yeah, show. or a cop from an '80s TV a snitch from the '70s, or a cop from the '80s. Oh. Well, all I know is when I do my programs, I actually got compliments from people that I don't know about my mustache. People, wait, 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 wait. Is this people in jail who complimented you? Some, some of them, some of them were, some of them were, some of them were, uh, were, were, were incarcerated and some of them, and some of them worked there. But what are you trying to say? I'm just saying, depending how long they've been in jail, they might not know uh, what the style is right now. <laughs> you know? No fault to them. Nina, Nina, you're on timeout. <laughs> friends you're off. You're on a five minute friendship. Friends <laughs> off timeout. Back to ours. <laughs> anyway, now that's how you start a show. Ladies and gentlemen, really boys not. and girls, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys, boys and girls, people all around the world. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good. Hello. You're tuned in to hashtag uncensored. We're recording on Thursday, January the 25th of 2024. It is officially no longer a happy new year. Yes. We're not. Thank freaking God, man. But Nina, seriously, though. You can still say Happy New Year if you're seeing someone for the first time and it's still January. I'm going to say Happy New Year to someone in August and I'm going to record it for you just so you guys can see their reaction. <laughs> well, it depends. Some people, as a matter of fact, some people, it's not even New Year's yet. No, oh, that's true. I'm going to start my own New Year's. When is it going to be? Uh, yeah, what is it going to be, Nina? And what Your does birthday? it mean that we all have to buy you gifts? September 1st, because as a child, we used to always think the new year would start the same day of the school year. Okay. And do you want gifts on that day? No, I just want everyone to say Happy New Year. Okay, so September 1st. Oh, but only on that, on that day. Yeah, just that day, not January 1st. Oh, man. Okay, so, you know, we don't have a lot of time to shoot the shit this year, tonight. Cause, uh, this year? Yeah. Uh, tonight because uh we are behind schedule right now i nina why are you so tired nina uh it's gonna sound so wimpy it's just commuting to work back-to-back -back days has got me fucked up <laughs> so what you're There's saying only two days a week having an adult schedule is too much for you well it's like adult schedule it just talking to the mic it's an adult schedule with like the gym is like hard, you know, and like I w prioritize my games. So like I have to go to the gym, but it's just tiring and I just don't like commuting. I wish I had a job that I could drive to How where often I could do you have to go to the office only twice a week. <laughs> Adulting is so hard. Oh, wow. Nina, what if it was before COVID times? Oh, I, what if you have to go I, into I the think, office five days a week? 
yo, it's funny because I think COVID just made me more lazy. I was already a lazy person. I'm not a lazy person per se when it comes to things I want to do, but I think COVID made me more lazy because I think about it and I had no problem going into work five times a week before COVID and going to the gym after work. And like, I would still have energy and stuff, but now no way. Twice a week is draining me. Wow. I just took a nap and I set my alarm for 10 minutes before we started recording. I hit snooze because I thought it was a dream of my alarm going off. <laughs> and then I woke back up one minute before we were supposed to start recording. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Nina, Nina, wow. Nina. Yeah. Well, never right, a dull well, moment with Nina, though, I'll tell you. Never. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, when you work out for like five hours a day, that yeah. usually will take a toll. You, oh, actually, you should cut back on go. working out a bit. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. No, not not next four weeks. My work's doing a step competition, and every 30 minutes you work out counts as 5,000 steps. So my two-hour workout counts as 20,000 steps. <laughs> but how do you, you, hear how, that, do you how do you, you hear guys that, keep folks? each other accountable? Like, how do you know people aren't lying? Oh, so, it, so your phone will track, your phone or your Apple Watch, whatever, will track your actual steps. And then if it's a workout, it's basically, like... You, you gotta track it in the google fit app but like it's like the honor system they just gotta like really believe that you work out everybody knows i work out like for a long time but now everybody's like yo this isn't fair you're gonna obliterate everyone i'm like what do you mean it's not fair get your ass in the gym then that's but not you, my fault you work out more than you than a normal person should though do i though yes really when you really think about you're it you're not training for any olympics or anything nina oh like... you sound like my dad this is my dad's exact argument to me oh yes smoke. it's so because your dad is a toronto man's uh, and he but... knows what's up <laughs> hey, that's right he is a toronto man's <laughs> his exact words to me are you're not going to the olympics what's happening yeah what are you training oh. for like Miami, Listen, Nina, you, that's you what train. I'm training for. Exactly. You're telling your tell, you're training for life. Yeah, How about yes, that? Your dad's got exactly. that good Toronto man's wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen. Uh, without further ado, I know we we kind of started late, and now we got to we're getting to bantering, but uh, let's get to the order of affairs for this episode. Uh, we're gonna start things off all during our as per usual segment. Today, I've got one conversation for you. On a scale of one to panicked, how concerned about are you about our future with AI? Two. I read an article. That, Alan Iverson. Uh... Oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> yes, Nina, your future with Alan Iverson. You know he's like twice your age. You know that, right? I don't think he's attractive. Don't worry. No. Oh, oh damn. Okay. <laughs> no. So and you on two, you did not think Alan Iverson was attractive when he was younger in the NBA. Let me go look at some pictures. There's no I I can't tell what you think is attractive anymore, Nina. Everybody says this to me. You're like all over the place, man. We we already know mid ugly. That's what Nina's medium taste ugly, is. medium ugly. Medium ugly. Yeah, mid medium. Nah, he wasn't really no. You're okay. I when I see why girls went crazy for Allen Iverson, I can see it. Because well, he was a little thug. I don't know if it was necessarily just his not looks. It was his attitude. He was hip hop. He was, was hip hop. Yeah. He was hip hop. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I don't necessarily think it was his looks per se. Maybe some people liked his looks, but I mean, it was his demeanor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I anyway. disagree with you guys. But, anyways, continue on. Uh, on a to be determined section, day 111. Ready will be discussing Canada's role in aiding Israel in its genocide on Palestine. Mm -hmm. And in music news, is Drake considered pop? Yassine Bey, a 
a most depth. Your voice cracked up in. there. Say it again. Uh, in music news, is Drake considered pop? Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Most Def, weighs in <laughs> with a controversial take that set the social media internet Is it, is it still a fire. conversation now? Because it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, actually. Oh, yeah. It it's actually still a conversation. Today, yeah. even, there was discussion about it. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. It went hard, man. It went hard. I'm surprised at how much legs this has had. The thing about it is, I mean, we'll talk. We'll obviously expand yeah. on it when we get to when we get to that segment. But talking about Drake, and it can't. It has to be like a negative hot take. You get a negative hot take about Drake, you're gonna you're gonna make you're gonna ruffle some feathers because people are very passionate one way or the other when they're talking about Drake's music. Yeah, but I'll stop you right there and just say it doesn't matter if it's about Drake. Anything negative about anybody will always get more attention than you saying something positive. If it's positive, it's not even news to anybody. If he was well, like, true. if he was like, yeah, Drake's one of the greatest of all time and he's like hip hop through and through, there wouldn't even be any conversation. We wouldn't even talk about it. We, That's the only true. time we talk about things is when it's negative, unfortunately. And that's science. It's like it's like yeah, it's like we're, yeah, yeah. We 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 are our own worst enemies. That's social media. That's all they do is they prey on negativity because that's what gets more clicks. It's not even just social media. It's just life. It's human yeah, nature. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's a nightcrawler. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Let's get things started with our with the first segment to be determined. This is something that I've been talking about since Chat GPT you was mean, launched. You mean as per usual? You wrong segment. Too, oh, sorry. As per usual. Fuck. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Nina's As the per intro usual. police. I know. I know. What's going on with that? What's up with that, Nina? You're like the grammar, you're like the the corporate, grammar police. Corporate in me is coming up. Uh, I know. Corporate Nina. All right. So uh, in our As Per Usual segment. Now, this is, like I said, we, we you know, when ChatGPT first launched, it was, it at the time became the fastest a uh, social media platform to gain a million followers. And uh, the uh, for those of you who don't know what ChatGPT is at this point in time, it's basically artificial intelligence that generates information. It can actually write codes for a website. It can answer questions. It can write essays. It's, uh, it's you know, generated, automated, generated thinking, uh, machine thinking that could create, uh, you know, digitally enhanced photographs. I'm sure you guys were witness of the uh, the AI generated photos that uh, people started posting of themselves as, as uh, you know, Japanimation heroes and all this kind of stuff. I have not seen any of that, but I'll take your word. Because you're on TikTok. Nina did one, I'm sure. Uh, no, I didn't, but I saw them all you... over TikTok. Okay, and then also what also became a huge phenomenon later on in the year. In 2023 was uh, the deep fakes of uh, audio recordings of different artists where you can generate the voice and the style of any of your favorite artists. So one of the, uh, the biggest songs ended up being a fake song created using Drake's voice and The Weeknd's voice. And that song actually ended up like getting millions of streams was it a good song? on uh, social media platforms. It was, yeah, it was actually a pretty, people thought like it, it was a real song. I didn't listen to it. Oh, okay. No way. I didn't. I'm so surprised. What? She really is a puzzle. Just, yeah, that's the, what I'm really a puzzle. The weekend really and am. Drake. Yeah, I just didn't. Because it's not real. It didn't entice me to listen to it. Hmm. Interesting. You really wow. are difficult to so, figure mama. out. 
<laughs> well, everybody like except that. for Mina, Mina was fascinated by by this song, but I think the, the the deeper implications are what it can do to our discernment of what's real from what's fake. So I recently came across an article that was written by Catherine Tunney for CBC News, Ooh. and I think this is an important conversation because this year, I think there's something like uh, they're saying like almost like half the population of the planet are being in democratic homes around the world. Say that again. You were and, breaking up there for a bit. Uh, I believe the stat, I don't know the exact number, but somewhere along the lines of like, you know, half the population of the planet are going to be voting in a democratic elections this year. And the potential for artificial intelligence Wish or we AI to, to disrupt those elections are is, is becoming... Mm -hmm. uh, more real than it's ever been. Yeah, that that makes and, sense uh, because the last elections too, we they know we know how much uh, Facebook played a role in how people right. were getting their information and um, deciding or making decisions and being in their own cyber bubbles, right? So now it's going to be like on crack, the social media thing on crack with the AI stuff, with what right. with what smart people with resources can use it for. Like if you have a political machine with millions and billions of dollars behind you that you can hire like the best engineers using AI, you're going to come up with some of the wildest stuff, like whatever, whether it's, you know, torching your opponents or just coming mm -hmm. up with fabricating lies that's going to look real based on how you're using AI. That's a problem. Okay. Well, save that hot take because I was going to read this quote and then ask you to oh, <laughs> and then ask you for the opinion that you just gave. So then oh, okay. I'll, I'll read the quote and then I'll ask Nina what she thinks. So. Okay. We know that misinformation and disinformation is already a threat to the democratic processes. This will potentially, AI will potentially add to that amplification, and that's quite concerning. That's a quote from Caroline Xavier. She's the head of communications security established uh, SSE, that's Canada's cyber intelligence agency. And the question is, AI powered disinformation is spreading and is Canada ready for the political impact? Now, we've kind of had this discussion uh, when the concerns about the direction that AI was taking, we know Google has implemented, has integrated AI into their search engine. Uh, Microsoft is using uh, their AI uh, in their search engine, Bing. There's a new Google phone that is going to be powered by AI. So it's like it's spread everywhere. It's affecting everything. Jobs are being lost. People are are firing their employees to uh to use uh, you know artificial intelligence. Writers are are concerned about the future of their industry. So now this affecting our political uh our political our relationship with our political leaders. This is just at another level. Right. So there's like 40 countries that are going to be voting in democratic elections. So that's billions of people. And I'm going to read you one actually an anecdote, one story out of Slovakia. So this is just days before Slovakia's national election last fall. There was a recording that was discovered uh, and was being spread online. And it was a manipulated file that made it sound like Michael Semeka, who's one of the leaders of who is the leader of the progressive Slovakia party. And in that clip, it sounded like he was discussing buying votes with a local journalist. But that conversation was actually generated. It was a deep fake. It was a deep fake audio voice. And 
that was later discovered that A, the conversation never happened, and B, the file was debunked as a deep fake, finally. But on election day, Semeca lost to the pro-Kremlin populist candidate Rico, uh, Robert Fico, or Fico, or whatever his name is, in tight race. Now, I'm going to ask you, Nina, because I think, you know, we're old, we're over the hill, we're almost gone. This world is your world, you and your friends. How does this make you feel? Does this make you feel, is this anxiety-inducing on a scale of one to panic when you hear about this stuff? What does it make you think? Um, I think it's scary. It's definitely anxiety-inducing, but at the same time, well, I guess it, like i feel like each country at this point should have protocols in place to determine these things and be able to figure this stuff out you know like you think because also have people's best interests at heart nina no but also also i just saw too even today taylor swift is looking at suing uh one of these ai companies or something because there was deep fake nudes of her leaked that weren't real and like people thought they were real so like it's like and if that happened a lot of people on twitter were saying if that happens that's going to be a big turning point but is it i don't know we're just going to lose control at this point and we're fucked (laughs) see how that 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 answer gradually got worse and worse and worse then it climaxed (laughs) i don't know and and i mean to to your point when you say that you know governments and uh, and and um you know political leaders and security and security you're breaking security up security faction again. <laughs> you keep breaking up see it again though what you just when you just started your point just start again no i was saying so you know political leaders and and you know everybody in government and anybody that's in charge of the security of countries and information should be concerned and they should be working on it but i think the evolution of this technology is happening so fast and you already know how slow the political process is. It's not just a matter of like, oh, there's a security concern. We're going to address it and here's what we're going to do. It's like they're still playing catch up. There's still, as a matter of fact, some of the scientists that are involved with uh, developing AI still are coming up or are realizing that they're they're getting information and answers and generated responses from AI that they can't even anticipate. So it really right. is starting to kind of... I don't know if they could, if they're actually saying that it's uh it's become its own consciousness or if it's still just machine learning and just learning how to disseminate information uh, that sounds real or sounds you, more I real. I bet you it already hates politicians. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say I bet you it already hates black people no, because that's, that's also an issue <laughs> that they're that they're discussing as well. But I mean, the thing about it is they're not they're not able to to act fast enough they can't put the genie back in the bottle to me can i say though i don't believe this whole the government can't act fast the government will act fast if it affects the right people honestly yes yep i agree with that i agree with that so this whole thing about the government won't be able to keep up or act quickly or pass legislation to whatever that will only be the case if it's hurting people they don't care about hmm so that's fair. That's fair. I, and I think I typically agree with you because I, my, the most recent example to me was the pandemic because they were able to implement a lot of policies. Sure. They were able to get out a lot of money. Yeah, that, to all people of a sudden, out of nowhere, we had millions and billions of dollars to spend. But when we were looking for money 
to fix the water on the reservations for indigenous people. It was a effing argument for months and months in parliament. I'm so I was going to say, why aren't you swearing? And then I forgot that's your New Year's goal. <laughs> no, no, you're right. So, I mean, for me, I will definitely say it's in a weird way. I mean, let me just give you something strange about me. Anything could happen as long as I'm sleeping because I can sleep through anything. So if the end of the world. <laughs> if the apocalypse kicks off while you're sleeping. It's so bad. It's so bad. If the end of the world happens while I'm sleeping and I wake up in whatever is. Okay. Uh, so you know... duly noted, Nina, as well as myself, <laughs> if the zombie apocalypse or whatever happens, we got to call Solitaire first and just wake him up. No, don't wake me up. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I want to sleep right through it. I want to I want to die happy. Die in ignorant bliss. You're but not, I say you're, that to... you're, if you're sleeping if you... and 20 zombies kick in your door, you're not going to die. But if you're the only one who survives, that would be funny. I, I don't want to be the last 20... one surviving, man. If 20 zombies kick in my door, I'm going to die of, like, a cardiac arrest. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. I'm going to die long before they start eating me. So it, 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 it won't be a battle. But I, I say that to say, when I think, when I actually actively think about, like, this AI thing, like, it's, it's very frightening because I don't think that people realize because how, how deep it's going to get. Yeah. You know, when you talk about deep fakes, and I'll give you another example. So this article that I'm referring to, like I said, it was written by Catherine Tunney, and it was on CBC News. And anytime they talk about AI-powered disinformation in the headlines, I'm always going to kind of read through because I think it's more important than a lot of people realize. You have students who are using it to write their essays. It's becoming more and more integrated into our everyday lives in ways that we don't even really anticipate. And this is, again, like, even though, yes, government can act fast, I still think that because of government being so big and they're responsible for so much legislation over our lives and, and uh, you know, and the day-to-day -day affairs of the country, that I don't even think that they are in a position to act fast enough to really put this, the toothpaste back in the tube. So when I'm going to read you. Ben, we'll see. <laughs> that's the problem that's the problem because it's gonna and once shit hits the fan in this situation it's not gonna be any turning back so i'm gonna read you a couple other quotes to give you to give you a little bit more context of my fear so while it's nearly impossible to determine whether deep fake uh oh sorry whether the the deep fail the deep fake file contributed to the final results i'm um, talking about that uh that election in slovakia the incident points to growing fears about the effects, the effect the product of artificial intelligence is having on democracy around the world. And also, this is going to be a major concern in Canada. We're not going to be heading to the polls this year like in America. I wish. But um, we're going to be heading to the polls most likely next year. Can't come soon enough. So, so Caroline, uh, Caroline Xavier from the, uh, the Canada's uh, security establishment said that this is what we fear that there could be a foreign interference so grave that the electoral roll results are brought into question. So I'll give you another. Uh, so Harry F Haney Farid, who is a professor at the University of California, Berkeley, identifies two major concerns. And I think this is the reality of what we're talking about. And this is the first thing I thought about when we're talking about um, AI-generated deep fakes like audio and visuals, and they're, the visual one is getting even better because that's going to be the even tougher one. 
when you see the 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 the, the video and you hear the audio of like any of your political leaders saying something it's going to be even harder to 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 all the businesses all the businesses intelligence agencies anything where their business is verifying the validity of information will see a boost so here's what the first effect is going to be on politicians and their ability to deny reality they're already right? living in a different reality <laughs> well so if your prime minister or if your president or your candidate gets caught saying something actually offensive or illegal, they don't have to say that they did it. They can say, oh, that's not real. That's a deep fake. Oh, well, we all know who will definitely say that. The burden of proof becomes on like, then it becomes really, you just pick a side and say, yeah, I believe them or I don't. And it's going to be much harder for any uh, politician to be actually pinned down and hell accountable for anything that they say or do anymore. That's not a problem because the they're just going to say they're, they're just going to be able to to uh, you know to reason it away by saying it was a deep fake. Yeah, politicians are going to love this. I'm going to start saying that when people think that I've said something or yeah, or see, yeah it was a deep fake. You it see, me. it was a deep fake. You deep see, fake. it wasn't even you me. See? Somebody got my image and used it and. Now they're making movies. If I ever say something in the podcast that could get me canceled, I'm going to say, what do you mean? It was deep fake. Yeah. Yeah. It was AI. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the, now on a, on a, you know, regular citizen level, uh, I'm do my memory is a little bit foggy on this. I believe this happened somewhere in America. There was a situation where uh, a young lady in high school, somebody yeah. created a deep fake of her as a porn star and spread it around the school. Horrible. See how you're laughing you're straight to hell. You're going straight to hell. No, because these are the things that I wouldn't think of using it for. And then when you hear it, it's like, exactly. oh, it's ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, to me, that's crazy. And I mean, on a personal level, you know, anybody who, you know, is maliciously trying to, to take somebody, tear somebody's reputation down, because these are tools. It's not like you have to be technically proficient with coding or it's not like it's some kind of like difficult software to figure out. You literally like download something, like uh, do, a program yeah. the sec the second, and it generates it. In the second warning thing is not as a big deal to me per se as it is for the first thing. And I don't even think it's politicians denying reality. I think it's everyday people not being able to tell the difference between what's real and what's not. That's the bigger problem. Okay, so the second quote, you're, the second threat uh, that Reddy's referring to is if oh. you're trying to create a 10-second hot mic of the prime minister or any leader saying something inappropriate, it takes literally, like I said, two minutes. Mm -hmm. And no, it doesn't take, it's not a lot of money. It doesn't take money. It doesn't take skill. And it doesn't matter if you correct the record 12 hours later, the damage has been done. Because as you can see, we're like at the at this era in our existence where we've reverted so far back into tribalism that people just pick a side you know you have the trumpians that believe anything and everything that donald trump says no matter what evidence there is to prove to the uh you know to but the contrary AI doesn't make a difference for those people regardless they don't factor into this because like you said it doesn't matter what donald trump says they believe everything he says but ai factors into it because it sways people people's belief and as a matter of fact think about it this way now ai can also be created to make to make trump's you know like say something that actually people would be like oh yeah i can't believe yeah you know, making them sound smart for example like you know trump was like you know i didn't even know what that would be because it's hard to no one, you know yeah, manufacture no that trump was saying smart so 
So tell me, you know, you're you're ready. You're kind of making it seem like uh, this is not necessarily such a big deal to you. Like this is kind to of me, like, it's oh, not. it's just another tool. I'm just not concerned not? about this yet right now. Like I said, we've we've spoken about this before and I've said there's so many other things right now that I'm concerned about. This is something that who knows, maybe it'll be five or ten years before you really start to see no what the damage way. is. Either way, I honestly, I really don't care about this whole AI thing. Just being honest. Well, I know. OK, well, I know why. I know why you don't, because you're you're preoccupied with, you know, with your cause and what's going on in gaza so oh, let me shift God. to 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 uh to nina you know when you hear this kind of these stories about what's going on ready saying like this is not really going to have any effect for like another five to ten years i i adamantly disagree with that i think this is good like a, an imminent threat i'm saying like within the next two to three years this is going to be a huge problem what do you think i yeah i think it's going to grow a lot faster for sure and i think um i mean it can even be used if like let's even for example even bringing like the whole gaza situation into this like right, ai yeah. could be used to spread misinformation about that too yeah, and we exactly. wouldn't know necessarily know any different because not everybody is going deep into the trenches for like information on what's actually happening there and they're just going exactly. with what they see right i told you guys about this last week too there's being used for much worse than just misinformation it's being used for the army to figure out targets to shoot at. They're just letting an AI system decide what targets are the optimal targets to send to shoot missiles at, and they just go with it. Yeah, yeah. so I feel like it's definitely going to progress week. And I said what I, I'll say the same thing I said again last week, too. It's not that I don't appreciate that it's a serious issue. It's just not something I'm thinking about or caring about. I think, too, because Reddy knows he can most times decipher nine times out of ten what's actually real and what's not, right? Maybe, I think I think Mike it's is going to get harder and harder. I know that with the whole AI thing, but I that's this it's the same problem that we've had with people not being able to tell the difference between editorial and actual factual news and they get their feelings mixed up and everything. it's the same thing. It's just going to be the same thing on crack though with the AI. Cuz again, the yeah. whole making fake images thing, that's really going to trick trip people up like and even also to taking their voices and like you can make like a fake phone call or like oh someone got recorded when they weren't realizing it and you take their voice and you make them say like oh look at all these black people buying watermelon i can't stand them kind of thing and then you know you put it out there and you know the saying a lie travels around the world twice before the truth gets its chance to put a choose on so lies always yeah. spread faster than truth so i do appreciate the problem for it but i don't i don't care about it right now. <laughs> well uh, in conclusion to this segment, I think uh, I don't even really know what the what the solution is. I, it really is. They have these uh, these analogies and these stories like Pandora's box and the whole idea of like once you open it up, you know, you can't put the open. toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, this is one of those technologies. And there's a lot of movies that have been you know made about it, whether it's the Terminator or this <laughs> whole idea of AI, like this next generation. And and another fun fact uh, about me, about my perspective, I actually, I think that AI is uh, a form of evolution of human consciousness. And I, I mean, you know me, I think I might've mentioned this on my, on the show before where I talk about, um, my morbid desire to be a, a cyborg at some point. Yeah, like you're I want to, like that. a, 
I know I'm super weird. I didn't. Hey, listen, so don't don't make that. fun of me. I'm not making fun, fun of you. Me. I know you. It sounds like you're like, making fun of me. No, I'm not making fun of you because you've said this in the past. Like, oh, if they have a microchip that you can just put in the back of your ear and you know just pay all your bills with it or whatever, I'll try that. And I'm like, are you? No, thank you. No, thank you. You're always you've always said you're game for whatever technological human enhancement shit that they got no, down no, at the Apple no, store. No, see, don't, don't deep fake me. Don't deep fake me. I didn't say all of that. I didn't say any, I, I didn't say I'm just down for it all. I'm just saying that for me, I think that ultimately, if you're, you know, the way that things are going with technology, it's going to be more and more integrated into, we already are cyborgs. Let's put it that way. Because we all have phones and we basically, anything that you could think of, any question that you have, you just type it into your phone. That's Essentially, you if you want to be attached to your phone, though. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. Say that to any any person who grew up, who was born with a cell phone in their hand, essentially, at this point. Any teenager, that. like, it's hard to even take their phone out of their hand. They live their whole lives online. So yeah, I think that... Um, and there's a few minorities or a few small select people that have probably realized like how harm like i've seen tons of videos of kids or people who are like in their late teens early 20s they're rare obviously very few of them that are like yo i can see how dangerous and how ungood social media and these smartphone things for and they have flip phones like there's a small thing of people where they're like i just want a flip phone so i can just communicate with people but i don't want any part of this whole social media landscape very tiny majority or minority but there's a, a that popular that I don't know if you guys know the Indian YouTuber Just Rain. He he was recently on a podcast uh, with the For Y'all Entertainment guys, and he was saying that's what he did because you know how he kind of disappeared for the last like five years, but that's what he did. He just got a flip phone. Yeah, mm. I think Christopher Nolan has a flip phone. Yeah, he well, doesn't have I mean, a smartphone. He has a flip phone. It also depends on your network too, right? It depends yeah. on what walk of life that you're in. That you, if you have the uh, the capacity, the ability to be able to do that, you yeah. Know, most people don't. The whole Pandora's box will... thing for this is already that's already done deal though. It's already out of the, the cat's out the bag on this. So and not to be dramatic, but I would rather die than have a flip phone. <laughs> not to be dramatic, she says. I can't do it. You don't well, there want you go. to do it. You could do it. You don't want to. Uh, I don't think so. I need the calculator app at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> don't Fair kill me. Enough. And I, th I think that's that's the perfect way to sum up this this segment. I, um, obviously, this is an ongoing conversation. To me, it's one of the things that I'm really paying attention to because it it, it really strikes at the core of what it actually means to exist in this world, in this new world that's very much becoming our reality, whether you like it or not. Because even those people who are on flip phones or want to kind of, quote unquote, plug out mm -hmm. of social media and that virtual world, the fact of the matter is they're going to be affected by this too. Because they need to, everybody needs to be, you know, educated about the real threat that this is posing so and how would to people, me this is going to be a conversation that i would get huh? educated about it oh that is shit that's the hard question i don't even really know because we're so polarized that it's beyond it's hard for people to it's beyond huh? polarization to me just that what we've learned up until this point we know we can't rely on our own government or the public school system to teach us the things we need to know we're all like, I'll tell you this. All the important stuff we've learned about history, most of it we didn't learn in classrooms. We learned it on our own. So well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. And let me kind of not, not to cut you. Go ahead. But this uh, this idea of like I'm I could just figure shit out for myself. I know what's right from wrong and I know what the truth is and I don't. 
that's also very dangerous too, because a lot of people aren't accounting for their own self, their their own like their own personal bias, their own biases in their lives in terms of like what they believe and that's, what they want to believe to be the truth. I, I think that there's the idea that's not what I'm advocating that, though. What do you what do you what are you advocating? Sorry. I'm just saying we can't rely on the government to actually teach us what we need to know to be able to protect ourselves. That's what I'm saying. Cause you're saying we need to educate ourselves about this. Yeah. Are, are you going to rely on the school systems, the government to give us the information we need to actually really protect ourselves truthfully, like honestly. So I would say how much information do you think that, so it's, you know, we're going to carry on this conversation a little bit longer because I think this is an important point because is it it's either we're saying like um people talk about Justin Trudeau and as much as he's hated as much as we obviously think that he's really shit the bed at this point 12 times over is everything that he says a lie or is it just some of what he says is a lie and how do we determine and do we accept and respect when he does provide the truth or do we just throw out the baby with the bathwater like what what how does it be how does it how do we how do we break it down it's an and i say that i the say, system as a whole it's not just justin trudeau this the system is no been i know i know no but my point is i'm using justin trudeau as a as an example but if you're talking about like you know do we trust our governments to tell us the truth i think that the government isn't obviously the 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 truth telling organization everything they say is is true but i also don't i also don't subscribe to you know the government is just they're just full of lies they're just full of shit everything they say is bullshit i think that there's an element of truth in society and in everybody's take everybody's perspective there's there's facts like one plus one is two there's science that's you know that's proven because you you have a theory you 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 test it out. You make sure that it, the results are consistent every time. So those those absolute truths, but then everything else, especially when it comes to like politics, when it comes to even like liberal versus, uh, you know, liberals versus uh, conservatives, it's a it's a degree. It's a it's a spectrum of truths, and because of it's everybody's experience contributes to a different truth. So it's not black and white enough to say that you do you trust the, everything the government says. No. But how do you determine, like, do you trust anything the government says? Do you trust every, do you think that everything that they say is a lie? I don't trust the government's intentions of ever being good for the benefit of the people. And when I say that, I mean, I could envision in the future, if there's a curriculum that educates you about AI that is re required for you to be able to know this stuff, I bet you the curriculum for a public school will be different than the curriculum for private school about what they're teaching you about AI like in the future, like I could see that where they're going to teach young rich kids in these private schools a whole different thing about it versus what they're going to teach. Like, I just, I don't trust the government to have the best interests of the people at heart is what I'm saying. And it's been this way since day one. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in that because that's even a whole other conversation. Like when it, that, that resonates with me because I, when it becomes that uh not not polarized in the sense of like you know left versus right but when it comes that to that degree of you don't think that they have the best interest because the government can't exist without the people i think that in, inherent in governing you have to have a populace to govern so they ha there has to be some degree of concern about the safety or at least the product at least the ability of their populace to 
to work and contribute to the economy. So there has to be some kind of approach that, you know, at least keeps us safe at a base level. So it's, it's, I think we're more talking about the issues that we have with bad actors rather than government as a, as a concept, you know what I'm saying? So, and as that pertains to artificial, the artificial intelligence conversation is AI muddies the water even more because now you really, like we talked about, you know, I, I, I reject your reality and I substitute my own. AI literally allows people to create their own reality and make it look like it's, it's the real, it's the truth. So uh, not to leave off, I mean, we're from one slippery slope into depression to another even deeper hole with your segment ready. But uh, I, I want to leave it off on that because obviously there's a lot more that we can discuss with the effects of AI and chat GPT and, you know, um, and everything that's going on with, with deep fakes and, and, um, and the future of our, the future of our, of the human race, <laughs> really, when it comes right down to it. So um, that's the end of this segment for, for as per usual. And now Ready Fox is going to give us uh, our update on what's been happening for past day 111 mm -hmm. of the, uh, the conflict that's going on in, in, in Palestine. And this is not and, just uh, my cause. This determined. is all of our cause. It really is. Like, we're all playing a role in this, whether we know it or not. And I'm going to talk about Canada's role today about this. Mm. Because, mm. again, your tax dollars are going towards stuff that you probably don't support. And I think it's important that we all know this. So I'm going to start my timer because I have a lot of information to try to get out. And I'm going to cap this at 25 minutes tops. So starting my uh, timer now. So here we go. All right. So um, as we know, it's day 11, 111 uh, of what's been going on since October 7th in uh, Gaza. Just some numbers now from what's happened since October uh, 7th. 25,700 Palestinians have been killed, at least. Actually, Al Jazeera's numbers as of today was uh, 27,900 or 25,900. 25, as of today, mm -hmm. 64,000 injured since, uh, and that's like maimed amputees, all that stuff. It's not injured like, oh, a bruised knee. It's like you've lost your legs and all sorts of stuff. Super debilitating injuries. So 25,000 mm -hmm. killed, 11,000 of which are children on top mm -hmm. of that too. So this is just absolute catastrophe in every way, shape or form. And, you know, a lot of people are obviously protesting still and all that stuff, but, um, I wanted to talk about Canada's role in terms of its arms deals and how it contributes to what Israel does to Palestine. Because again, us as Canadians, this is a lot of information that we probably did not know. So I want to thank um, the CJPME, which is the Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East. I highly recommend everybody uh, join up and like get their newsletters and just be a part of this organization. And the more support that they have, you know, what we all want peace, right? So. Once again, it's called the Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East. And I'm going to get most of this information that I'm about to present to you guys I got from them. They have this uh, this docket that they put out to say, this is what we would like our government to do. So if you read this, you can know what you want to say to your MPs if you're calling them or if you're emailing them. So Canada can use diplomatic and economic leverage against Israel to pressure them to stop the violence in Palestine. Like, we really can. And when you hear some of the numbers in terms of contracts that Canada has like Israel could not survive or do what it does without the support that it gets from the United States the UK 
in Europe as a whole. So if all of these countries, all these Western colonizer settler type countries came around and stopped vetoing votes in the UN and actually used their leverage against Israel to pressure them to say, hey, permanent ceasefire, two state solution, let's go. Israel would have to do it, or at least I would hope that they would. But we'll see if we ever get to that point. I sure hope we do. So Canada um, can't continue to export to Israel to maintain a close working relationship with them the way they are right now. They're literally committing war crimes in our faces, in 4K, on our phones on a daily basis. Just today, I saw a video of this kid that was trying to get his brother out of the street who had been shot by a sniper. And they're just shooting civilians. Civilians can be coming up to them with white flags looking for shelter. They're shooting at people that are trying to go to aid trucks to get food and water. Like they're just, they're just doing the most insidious stuff and they don't care. They're not even trying to hide it anymore at this point. So Canada does have a history of taking action against Israel when they've been doing stuff like this. And uh, it happened in the late 1980s. Um, that was during the first Intifada. I think that happened uh, December 1987. Uh, Canada imposed a two-way arms embargo on Israel in response to Israeli violence against Palestinians at that time. That was December 1987. So the embargo was removed in the, ni- the mid-90s as a condition of free trade negotiations and as a peace dividend to encourage Israel to engage in the Oslo process, which they have never done. They And now we know, like Benjamin Netanyahu just recently had said that he has always worked to deny Palestine a two, like a state. Like he's not, he's completely against the two-state solution, which is a slap in the face to all the Western countries that have been supporting him and standing behind him because they've been advocating and saying publicly that we have to work towards a two-state solution. So... Israel's just off the rockers right now. So Canada Mm -hmm. can ban future military export permits to Israel as well, too, as well as the existing ones also right now. They can ban ban imports from Israel, military goods from Israel. And I'll get into some of the numbers right now. Um, In 2022, Canada transferred $20 million in arms to Israel that included explosives and aircraft components. That's the third highest on record for Canada, I guess. And then Canada imported... $130 million in arms from Israel uh, between 2018 and 2022, which makes that uh, like the Canada makes the Canada Israel sixth largest arms customer, basically. So Canada Mm -hmm. is part of the arms trade treaty. They're they're actually in violation of it based on how Israel has been acting, because under the arms trade treaty, Canada has a legal responsibility to ensure arms that they export are not used to commit international crimes, including any violence against women and children. So we've already been seeing this. We've already been seeing Israel doing that already. They are specifically targeting children. You want to know how insidious it is with these Israeli soldiers? They have been making explosives that look like cans of food for kids to find. So when these kids find this can that looks like a can of food and they open it, it blows them up. That's how ridiculously like they're just doing that for the fun of it. They're not even they're not even trying to make it about they're trying to eliminate Hamas as a terrorist organization and all that stuff. So there has been no indication Canada is doing anything to evaluate their exports to Israel. Now, in this uh, arms trade treaty, it was ratified by 113 countries. Another 28 countries signed on to it. They didn't ratify it. This was in uh, December 24th, 2014. Canada is one of the countries that ratified um, when they signed um, the arms trade treaty. Basically, ratifying it means that you're you're beholden to it. If you just sign it, that's just the first step to seeing like you agree with it. 
but then you got to ratify it. And once you ratify it, you're like beholden to it. It's like almost like a law for your country. So um, it was a multilateral treaty that regulates international trade and conventional weapons, basically in an attempt to try to, you know, reduce the amount of suffering and, and you know, harm that's been done in wars past. Like we definitely don't want to see the kind of stuff that we're happening in Vietnam, dropping napalm and stuff on people and that kind of stuff. So Canada, like I said, they did ratify that treaty. Um, Canada should also cancel all its existing contracts for products from Israel. Now, the company, yeah, it's called Elbit Systems. I mentioned it in last week's episode. Elbit Systems is one of the main weapons manufacturers, especially of drones, for Israel. And there's also a Canadian subsidiary called Geospectrum Technologies as well. Elbit provides 85% of the drones used by the Israeli uh, military to monitor and attack Palestinians in Gaza. In 2022, Canada awarded a $36 million contract to Elbit um, to purchase like uh, drones from them, some 900 Starliner drone or something like that. And they also awarded an $8.6 million contract to Elbit Systems uh, for some other technology. And this technology that they buy from Israel, they tell them, yeah, we tested it in the field. It works. What were they testing it on? Palestinians. So it's just gross and ridiculous that Canada is involved in this stuff. No, there's nothing that we know as the general public that these politicians don't know. They know way more than we even know about what's happening there, right? You were going to say something, mm -hmm. Solitaire? No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, man, and I and I think this is coming from a place of. Um... Obviously, I'm 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 acutely aware of everything that's going on. Do you think? Why do you why do you think that Canada's position and America's position on is like what do you think is driving their pretty much absolute denial of what everybody else sees? I, I wonder if you've given any thought to oh, that, that perspective. Well, sure. Yeah, because Israel is very important for the U.S. interests. So we're already tied to the hip with the U.S. as well as um, a lot of the European countries as well, too. But it's about controlling um, shipping lanes and whatnot. The U.S., Israel, they don't have control over the Suez Canal, which is a main shipping lane over there. So it was discovered in Gaza that there are like hundreds of millions of deposits of natural gas in northern Gaza. So Israel already put in plans, the works, to create a new canal called the Ben-Gurion Canal that they want to start to get those um, natural gas deposits. And they've already signed contracts with the U.S., with France, so that they can also start ex excavating natural gas there too. So it's an investment for the United States, for Canada, all that They've always been supporters of Israel, too, because Israel has been a cudgel in the Middle East for them. They have, a, mm -hmm. a, a, they have an ally there with, a, with the fourth lar largest army in the world, a, and they have nuclear weapons as well, too, and they're a staunch ally of the United States. So think about that. They have all these Middle Eastern countries around them, and then you have this one country there that's doing all the bidding of the United States, just screwing up everything, just keeping, you know... The last thing the United States wants is a united Middle East, right? So Israel being there, and we've seen this video passed around recently a lot with Joe Biden back, I think it was in the early 90s or late 80s, saying 
Israel is the best $5 billion investment we could make. If there wasn't an Israel, we'd have to invent an Israel. That's what he said verbatim. So mm. the reason why the U.S., Canada, all these guys protect, like act like there's a blind eye because their interests in Israel go so deep that, I don't know, I, I still don't understand it because I can't see why Biden can't see how it's hurting him politically to continue to stand with Israel the way he is. I think Justin Trudeau is starting to come around because he's been seeing it. A lot of people have been active protesting. Most of the politicians and journalists can't go anywhere with peace because there will always be some protesters there asking them why. And I think they're starting to come around. I just pray it's soon enough that it can save some lives because the sooner we have a peace, a ceasefire, the sooner less people are being killed. Right. Hmm. So, again, all these things. And there's so much more information that I could go into about um, just from that docket that I got from the Canadians for Peace and Justice in the Middle East. Um, but I just want to wrap this up in terms of what we can do again, because with this information, knowing that Canada, oh, this is an important part too, before I um, start to get to the what we can do is, Canada should be ensuring that there's full transparency in how they're selling and trading arms with Israel. One of the things that Canada does is that they'll say, they'll give the weapons to the US and then the US will give it to Israel. So Canada can say, well, we didn't give it to Israel. We gave it to the US, but, you know, certainly you're tracking what you're putting out there and where it's going and how it's being used against other people, which it seems like they're not. So all of this is to say, I'm imploring people to email or call their MPs to ask for Canada to put an arms embargo, which we've done in the past, like I mentioned just a while ago in the in the 1980s, to say until Israel stops just indiscriminately killing civilians on a daily basis, it's about 250 civilians per day right now that are being killed every day mm. like and it's like the, we're past this thing of it's in the name of self-defense like that's that thing is oh, out the window now at months this point, ago man. like that shit is out the window now it's this is not about self-defense we've had multiple um video of them indiscriminately killing civilians they killed israeli civilians hostages that got away or were released by hamas who knows how they got away from hamas holding a white flag, speaking Hebrew, two different, uh, two different Israeli soldiers shot and killed them. And they're just like, oops, are bad kind of thing. And everyone was like, so, because you thought they were Palestinians for starters, didn't you? And like, they, did, they just say whatever, and it's all that stuff. Anyways, I'm going to wrap up soon, but I just want to say for what we can do, um, again, protests are great, but boycotting is better. And absolutely, there are petitions out there that you can sign. The current petition that's uh, for Canada from Foreign Affairs that's floating around is E4773. You can just Google Canadian petitions and search for a petition about Palestine. But the specific one that's still available right now is E4773. So you can sign that petition. There are lots of websites that you can join. I highly recommend, most of all, the bdsmovement.net website because i really feel like boycotting is our best option for being able to make our voices be heard because these people only care about money so mm. you know i i hope people can do that you don't have to necessarily be posting on social media i wish you would that would be great but if you don't want to do that you can do things silently that can still help like not going to starbucks not going to mcdonald's not going to indigo please 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 so I just want a quick update real quick. It's happy news and scary news. 
Um, again, there's all these journalists that are in Gaza and Palestine that we can all follow to see what's happening on the ground. Um, Bissan is one of my favorites. Motaz has been an absolute superstar this whole time. He's one of the first people I started following. He's up to when I first started following him, I think he only had maybe 850,000 followers. He's up to 17 million now. The whole world's been watching what he's been doing. And I'm happy to report and say this. He left Gaza. He got out of Gaza. So hmm. I think he's in Egypt now, but he he did as much as he could. And I, I don't know if he hit his breaking point or some people are um, theorizing that Israel was uh, threatening his family because we've seen him getting calls from Israel. They've been trying to find him to kill him. This hmm. war has seen more journalists killed than any other war. And Motaz has been a super instrumental voice from Palestinians showing the world what's really happening out there. So very happy for him that he got out of there. And I think he's in Egypt. Don't quote me on that. But um, Yael, the other uh, reporter, he is also out of Gaza. So that is happy news. He's in Egypt also, or I think, because he had to get medical attention. Like he had been shot at and all sorts of stuff. And like a day later, he was back out on the front lines, even after getting shot all bandaged up. Because all he wanted to do was get the truth out there. So I'm very happy for them. But the scary, sad news, unfortunately, is that another journalist, Canadian, by the way, as well, too, a Canadian-Palestinian journalist by the name of Mansour Schumann, nobody has heard from him in about 48 hours. He was in Rafa trying to um, get away. I don't know if he was trying to evacuate or whatever, but none of his family, nobody from his team has heard from him for about two days. So... That's very concerning right now. And um, that's pretty much it for the update for what's happening in Gaza. Again, I just want to encourage everybody, do what you can. You got to be Palestine's voice because they don't have a voice. So if you can be out in the streets and protest, that's great. But really and truly, if you can boycott and um, you can post on social media, you can re-like stuff, you can repost, watch videos all the way through to help them get the boost that they need. Um, that helps the uh, algorithm when you know they see people watch a video all the way from beginning to end. It says to the algorithm that this is an important video and it keeps it up there. So if you do watch any videos about Palestine, just watch it from beginning to end. Saving it even just helps if you just save it in your save stuff. For some reason, I don't know why that boosts the algorithm, but it does. And um, yeah, just uh, free Palestine. Man, you're just, you're just going to depress us after your segments, man. It's just, it, it feels so futile. No, it's not. You know, it's not futile. We that's they don't. They it feels want, that way because they want us to I, I feel think, that way. I mean, the thing about it is, at this point, you you would think it was it, it's abundantly clear, but yet we still continue. Yeah, because not enough people maybe are not making their voices heard, and it's still a loud minority that's making noise right now. The the apparently the number you need, and it's not even a big number, to really make social change is three point five percent of the population. Yeah, but I feel like we. You think I don't know, so? Even going downtown, like to work and stuff, I used to see like in the morning and even in the afternoon, like on like in the like where I'm working, like on the street and stuff. There was always protests, and since like I want to say November ish, maybe even beginning of December, I haven't seen any more. Right. And well, it's possible. Like again, people are humans, or humans are people, yeah. and. Maybe the, the fervor for it has waned. I don't know. But part of that being is that Israel has had... There's been a media blackout from Gaza 
for at least the last week now. Like they're doing everything they can to suppress um, any information coming out. And that really was the thing that spurred a lot of people. The images that we've been seeing, I won't even describe some of the stuff I've seen just this week alone, much less what I've seen since October 7th. But I really feel like they know that the more images are getting out, the more people are still motivated and encouraged to, to protest. But I feel like now people that are in it, they're in it. Nothing's going to change for them regardless of what they see. But I'd still hope that by me pleading with people and just asking you to do whatever little part that you can do, email your MP, call your MP's office. Just You, you don't even have to say anything scripted. You can just speak from the heart. And just say everything that I've been seeing in Israel is horrible. And I hope you are working towards a ceasefire for this. That's all you have to say. You can even threaten them if you want to and say, if you don't, I'll never vote liberal or conservative again if you want to. Because that stuff really scares them, right? When you start saying, oh, I'll never vote for the party again. If you guys don't do something about it, at least they'll, you'll be heard, I hope. Because they have to register every email and every phone call they get what it was and what it was about it has to be registered they're legally required to do that as government offices so have to air quotes right have, have to, to exactly All are the same. they well, it doesn't matter i doubt it well i hope they I uh, who knows but again it doesn't matter we can only we can only control what we can do so let's control what we can do and do what we can right so and i'll and i'll just end this on a note to say this if this were happening during world war ii and it was, you know, Hitler doing his thing against Jewish people. And we had smartphones and we could see all the horrific things Nazis were doing to Jewish people in Germany at that time. Please believe I'd be rocking a Star of David right now if that was a sign of solidarity and resistance for Jewish people against Nazis. It's no different now today with the Palestinians and the, and the Israeli government and the Israeli soldiers. It's not about Judaism. It's not about Judaism. It's about what's right and wrong. And it's about Zionism. Zionism is not Judaism. There's a difference. I'm telling you, like, don't let them conflate the issue for you like that. And I think anybody, I don't care. I don't even think if you read any books or knew anything about this conflict, if you only looked at everything that's happened since October 7th, when your own eyes, I think most people would come to the conclusion that what's happening right now is wrong. So I don't even think you need to be super educated on this. You just have to see with your own two eyes what's been happening. There was what the number of Israelis that were killed was 1,135 or something like that. And we're getting up to 25,000 Palestinians killed. This is, this is a disproportionate response of the most disproportionate kind, right? Like, it's crazy. So... Just do what you can. That's all I ask of people and free Palestine. The only thing that's going to work is a boycott. Everything else I think is, is futile. I, that's the most important thing. Again, I'll repeat the boycott. The major ones, Starbucks, McDonald's, Indigo, Amazon, if you can. Yeah, Amazon as well, too, because Amazon's been... I saw you, saw you put Tim Hortons on there. Tim Hortons, too? How so? Tim Hortons, yeah. I saw something about Tim Hortons and that they've like the CEO or some big wig in the company is a Zionist and supporting Israel and all that stuff or whatever. I haven't looked into it, but in the end, save your money, buy a press, make coffee at home. Like you don't need to go out there to buy coffee. Make get, Just get invest in a coffee maker if coffee is your thing and just have it at home or try some of the other, you know, mom and pop coffee houses in the city. 
I've never been uh, to that talking, aroma coffee You're talking coffee to place. some weak-willed people when you're talking to coffee addicts. Yeah, but some you can be a coffee addict, there, but you don't need to go to Starbucks. And most people that love coffee say mm -hmm. it's not even good coffee. Hey, my co my coworkers who used to go get Starbucks every morning, they boycotted. They've been going to other coffee shops now instead. Good. And Nina, do you tell your sisters too not to go to McDonald's and Starbucks and all that? Man, my sisters don't listen to me. Those are two of their biggest spending places, both of them. Can you talk talk Nina honestly say to them like <laughs> just it's for the cause. Just put it in their heads, man. Like I want everyone... Oh, they know. They're well aware. They just they're... They just don't care. They're just Apathy. Gen Zs. They're Gen Zs. Apathy is one yeah. of the biggest, uh, it will definitely lead to I the don't decline think of. If I were 16 years old and I saw what was happening now, I would not care any less than I care about it right now. I don't uh. believe that. I don't, I don't give that, I don't buy that Gen Z apathy bullshit. I don't. I do. Because I see it as no, disappointing. It, it, that's the thing. That's the thing. Whether or not you buy it or not, it is. It's disappointing. That is Bro, they what, don't even it care is about what me. it is. They don't even care about me. They're not going to care about anything else. It is what it is. It'll that's, be on your doorstep. That's... It'll be on your doorstep, and then you're going to yeah. care. That's, hey, West that's Indian, exactly what happens. You know the West Indian saying, those who can't hear must feel. Yeah, well, we're all going to feel is what it is, now, man. and America's about to feel right now as well, too, because Joe Biden thinks people are playing when they say we're not voting for you. You better, you better effing come around. It's gonna be Donald Trump. Too late. I, yeah. Ready, Trump's Fox. How many? How how long have I been saying that? I've been saying that since they announced that the 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 2024 election. I've been saying that he's running and he's gonna win. I, I I already said that. Believe me, if he at least had some common sense about the whole palace, like he's lost so many people off of the Palestine thing alone. People are already saying like he's senile and he's this and he's that or whatever. But <laughs> this whole thing, his staunch, unwavering support of israel has turned so many people off of him it's turned me off of justin trudeau and the liberals and yeah. justin trudeau's starting to come around and starting to say stuff that it's not in lockstep with the united states anymore because i think he's reading the tea leaves i think he sees what's happening and he's like if i don't start to say the good decent human stuff i'm gonna lose a lot of my support forever and ever you've already lost me already motherfucker you're never getting me back again but there are some people out there that if he comes around and starts, you know, giving you the what if he says what if he says what if he says cannabis is free for Canadians who cares? over the age of I don't 40. care. That doesn't matter to me. Nothing matters to me except for Palestine. <laughs> I try to make a joke, Ready Fox. Yeah, no, nothing it's matters hard. to me it's but hard. their freedom. That's the only thing I care about is Palestinians being free. That's it. All right. Well, I don't know how we're going to transition from that into your segment, Nina, but uh, let's go into music news. How about that? I'm just going to try to transition that way. Let's go into music sure. news and uh, talk about the war that's brewing between Gaza, a.k.a. Yassine Bey and Drake, who ironically is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Can we... <clears throat> Break it down, Nina. What's you going want me on? To give you the 25 minute time limit. Well, so do this for like 18 and then we'll hop into No Better Take. Okay. And then we're done. Okay. No better, no better, no, no better, better take. take, take. Anyways, <laughs> um, Yasin, is that how you say it? I don't Correct. know. Correct. Most okay. deaf. Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Most deaf. Yes. So he recently caused a little ruckus in the streets. After he sure did. Speaking to your mic. I am. Okay. After a recent interview he did with the cutting room floor. So... They were talking about modern hip-hop and who's at the forefront of it all, which is none other than Drake. 
Drizzy. When Yassine Bey said, Drake is pop to me in the sense like if I was in Target in Houston and I heard a Drake song, feels like a lot of his music is compatible with shopping or shopping with an edge in certain instances. He hmm. did say, though, that Drake's music is likable, but that shopping music might not be relevant during the quote-unquote collapse of the empire. Yassine Bey then said, are we not in some early stage of that at this present hour? Buying and selling. Where's the message that I can use? What's in it for your audience? Now, that's kind of spicy after that. Mm-hmm. So Drake, along with the rest of the world, obviously caught wind of the comments. And then We Love Hip Hop podcast, which is based out of the city, Toronto, decided to remind everyone of the story of most Def coming to Toronto for a weekend in 2005 on a quote-unquote ecstasy bender mm-hmm. and marrying a girl he just met that same weekend. Mm-hmm. So, We Love Hip Hop's host Friday explained how a lot of people were calling most Def a waistband for all that when it happened, so he understands why Drake would say he can talk to most Def however he wants, and that he did. Drake <laughs> saw that very snippet from the podcast and left a comment calling Yasin Bey a bohemian bucket. <laughs> Now, (laughs) Lil Wayne also did an interview on the Richard Sherman podcast shortly after all this drama. And then he got asked about why he thinks Drake gets so much hate. He said it's because Drake's light-skinned and he knows that that's why because he's not light-skinned. And he used to hate on all light-skins growing up because it's just American history. Lil Wayne's an idiot. Yes. Well, Common, on the other hand, had a bit of a more logical defense for Drake on today's episode of Hot 97's Ebro in the Morning. He said, I think now artists can be artists. Some people, if their intention is to just be a pop artist, then so be it. To me, I think Drake comes from hip hop. When I first heard him rhyming, I was like, yo, this dude's rhyming. And if he goes out and makes songs that are popular, then that's what it is. He's still an MC." He also went on to say Drake's an incredible songwriter and artist and that he's been touching so many different people and aspects of the culture for so long and been able to continue to do it. Hmm. So do you guys think pop music, like how would you characterize Drake's music? Pop music, hip rap, hip hop, pop, pop music, pop, pop, pop I I call it hip hop. It's because because it's like hip hop, but it's pop music really and because he's undeniable he can spit bars when he wants to like there's no you cannot deny his talent but this is the route he's chose he's chose to go and who are we to argue he's one of the most successful artists on the planet but if i was gonna categorize his music i would call it hip-hop not hip-hop mm-hmm. hip-pop <laughs> it's all true uh He's hip hop. He's hip hop. He's become pop music. Um, he makes pop songs for sure. And when they say pop songs, and let's you know, we were this. This is also part of the debate too. Like, what is pop music? Music that is popular. So there are definitely um, somebody like Snoop Dogg has become pop culture. Like he's definitely become mainstream. You know, he's one of the most recognized hip hop artists on the planet. You know, his music has sold millions. It streams millions. He sold millions of records. He's become a pop artist. Is he hip hop? Absolutely. So I think when Drake is rapping, you know, and, and when we talk about hip hop, that's the other factor we forget 
hip hop is something you live, rap is something you do. So there's MCs in hip hop. There's R and B. Like Mary J. Blige is considered the the queen of hip hop soul. Like you know what she did is very much rooted in hip hop culture. You know, so I think like hip hop and R and B are very much intertwined, and are you know are both a product of black music. So with Drake now, and even when you listen to Drake comparing himself to Michael Jackson, shows you what his intentions are is to kind of really stretch the realm of what's possible for hip hop artists. So I would kind of agree and disagree with Reddy in terms of he is a pop artist, but I think I wouldn't necessarily, I think there's some of his songs that are more uh, R&B infused, so some? to speak. Yeah, some. I mean, the majority, okay, even if you want to say the majority. That's of, not of a his, majority. Of his, I, of his singles. I would actually even put it as maybe half. Like, I don't even feel like it's like majority R&B. I'm just saying... It's a healthy, so half and half. It's a healthy balance. Yeah, half and half. But I think it's all still very much rooted in black music. I think it's all still very much uh uh draws from hip hop sensibility, you know. So I think that he is a hip hop artist. Most that of his is... stuff. Most of his stuff. But that last album before the last one. Dance album. Yeah. This is what I, this is what I I don't think you can box him into uh one category. I think each album of his fits a specific category. And I think at this point, yes, he is pop culture, but I don't think we could say his music is pop or it's just hip hop or it's just rap or it's just R&B or it's just dance. I feel for I think... what you're saying then, he's a pop artist because he crosses over a lot of genres, but he's still super popular, but he does like... No one would call Jay-Z know. a I pop artist, but he's popular. When, when I think of pop, I think of Old Weekend versus New Weekend, my favorite example. He went full-blown <laughs> pop. He didn't even go Lord. back to When I think R&B. of pop, I think of Backstreet Boys. I think of NSYNC. I think of Britney Spears. That's To me, that's pop. Yeah, I don't think Drake fits in that. He sure no, does. Not even, I think, no, he, he I think no every way. album or certain songs fit into different categories. Like Hotline Bling could be pop. Hotline Bling is pop. That's an R&B song that went pop. Yeah. 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 And I would say I would say if I had to give an aesthetic, like a, a, a sound to pop music, to me, Taylor Swift is pop. Sure. Britney Spears oh, is pop. Yeah. You know, um, you call Katy Beyonce? Perry is pop. No, no. Beyonce is R&B. She's okay. more R&B, yeah. hundred percent R&B, black music. I don't think like the last pop song that she made was probably when she was with Destiny's Child. Like that was the closest, and even still, that was still R&B to me. Mm. You know, I think that if there's a if there's a if you're gonna define pop music with a sound, then you're talking about like, uh, like I said, th- those names immediately come to mind. Taylor Swift is the queen of pop music. Yeah, uh, right now. Who else would be a Christina Aguilera is a pop music artist, even though she kind of skews towards R and B. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't. I would not define Drake as a pop artist. I would well, say that there's. I think that where Reddy and I agree when it comes to the Drake critique is I think that a lot of his food, a lot of his music, is junk food. And I don't. I'm not. I'm not at all trying to align my my critique with the way that most deaf was uh, or or Yasin was uh, breaking it down. But when I say it's like a lot of his music is, you know, it's not, it's not, yes, there's not a lot of substance. It's not nutrient junk food. 
you know, it's but it's good junk food. Like, you know, before having to boycott McDonald's, I would enjoy a good burger and McDonald's fries and a milkshake. You know what I'm saying? And I would and I'm talking about like not, oh, I, you know, I enjoy it. I would seek it. I would crave it and go eat it and it would serve its purpose. But see the variety? Would I eat at McDonald's every day? But it's not no, just McDonald's absolutely. like his variety. Like he gives you a variety of music. And he gives you a variety of junk food. It's not just burgers. He's giving you chocolate bars. He's giving you, like, it's none and of it is healthy though. None of it is healthy. Not, this not, is, I mean, that's 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 uh, debatable. Yeah, that's debatable. I mean, because the thing about it is, music serves a purpose, man. It's a it sets the tone. It, it you know it, it changes your mood. It every everybody's reason for listening to, you know, Hotline Bling or Marvin's Room. There's a different <laughs> reason for it. You know what I'm saying? So. I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, for me, it's not necessarily, again, it's not something that I crave every day, but there's, there's very few Drake's, oh, not, I shouldn't say very few. Oh, there's, there's a lot of Drake songs that I don't like, but the majority of his songs I think are, are good to amazing, you know what I'm saying? Because they serve their purpose. Um, I want to kind of turn the, I mean, well, actually, Nina, this is your segment, but I want to kind of shift back to, to most deaths take versus commons take okay and i think uh ready and i were talking about this the other day too i think my problem with what well, most with definitely. uh with yasin's take is that i uh, you know we all say in this in this time and in, in this era in social media everybody's entitled to their opinion you can share your thoughts in whatever way you want you can say what you want how you want when you're talking about whether or not you like drake's music you know, you could be sarcastic, you could be malicious, it's your opinion, spit it how you want to spit it. So most Def is somebody who's entitled to his opinion. He's a legend in the game. His his uh his track record, his resume is solidified. You cannot take away his talent level. But in this instance, when I look at somebody like Most Def, who's an OG, his take to me was whack. To me. And I and I, and the reason why I say that is is because as an elder statesman in hip hop, as an OG, as a legend, he could have just offered his opinion. He could have said, like, remember DMX back in the day when when Charlemagne on the Breakfast Club was like, yo, what do you think of Drake? And DMX is like, no, I don't like Drake. And he's like, I don't like his voice. I don't like his whatever. But his answers were to the question. It was about the fact of he doesn't like Drake's music because he doesn't like his voice and he doesn't right. like his style or whatever. But most deaf or Yassin took it in a sensationalized manner. And it was almost like he was playing in to that, you know, he's kind of being coy with the way that he was talking. Oh, so many products, you know, he when was I joking. went joking. He was joking, but I, I think in in a in a conversation about a very serious and a very impactful artist. Maybe like he's he not gonna talk Drake that way. Seriously. Huh? Maybe he doesn't oh, take Drake seriously. I don't think yeah, which is fair. I, again, I'm not. I'm not saying that his his take is wrong. As a matter of fact, there's aspects of what he was talking about, like what what we were just saying about McDonald's, you know, fast food, which is I think what he was saying about the commercial appeal of Drake's music is like, you know, going to Target or whatever the case yes, is. It's capitalism music, basically. But I, I think the way that he went on and on and he started talking about excuse so many products, like it was like. He was being sarcastic in a way that I think was more so about being controversial mm -hmm. than being being honest about his take on Drake's music. Because he could have said the same thing. He could have stopped when he's like, yeah, you know what? I think Drake is pop to me, you know, because I think that and he could have jumped ahead to when he's like, yo, when this thing collapses, 
you know, what is this stuff really going to mean? Right. Which is a fair take. But to me, he went a little, you just I, I think like he the went a little he, into the woods. You just don't like the way he said it. No, I don't. I don't. And I a reason the reason why I don't is because I expect him to to be a lot more analytical because he's of the culture. Like he's one of the legends that we look up to. And okay. then when you start to dig deeper into his history, particularly here in Toronto, that's irrelevant. called him a and his you know that calling whole him history a big, thing he, of him in the whatever. And we were there, I think, at a like it was um. Of, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was at Echo Fest. At an Echo Fest, yeah. And he was backstage yep. and he was acting yep. super weird. I remember like seeing him and I was exactly. like, what's wrong with this guy today? All exactly. irrelevant to what we're talking about right now. No, what I think it's relevant. I'm talking to real historians. I think it's relevant. I think oh, it's, I think it's very relevant. <laughs> because if, you, if you're gonna if you going to have an opinion about Drake and you're going to make it like, you're going to say it in this animated He's kind of like sarcastic music. way then you're opening yourself up to sit to the same kind of critique, the same way that Drake, you know, you're saying you so many products, so many skews. Yeah. Drake could say, yeah, well, you're a bohemian bucket. Yeah, that's fine for him to say. You have that reputation. That's, that's Drake wanting to respond to someone talking about him per se. But again, for sure. Most deaf is entitled to his opinion. If you're going to no, critique I him I started now, off by saying that. I yeah, started fine, off by saying that. Now, if you're going to critique him now for what he said or how he said it, then yeah. you're, you're just, not happy with what he said for the most part because if he had gone out if he was like drake's one of the greatest artists of all time he's number one man i love him he's we wouldn't even be talking about this now it'd be nothing you wouldn't even critique him about anything no one would even bring would people say then too oh why do we even care what most stuff says i remember that time in 2005 when he's in toronto acting a fool so like it's only because people don't like what he had to say about drake that you're now critiquing him and what he did in the past has no relevance to what he said in, well, in this moment. Okay, let me ask you this then. Off of his opinion, because he was saying too, in terms of like this being him, his music being compatible to shopping and then saying like pretty much that it's not going to last. Like this quote unquote shopping music doesn't have longevity. I don't believe Do you, that. Would, I don't believe it either I because I, I, my example again is new weekend bro i don't listen to him at all but i'll go to a store or i'll turn on the radio and i hear this guy and it's like non-stop and he's like going on crazy world tours and he's making mad money and he's hitting the charts and everything and i think it has a lot of longevity if you do shopping music because everybody's always going to be shopping it's quote-unquote age appropriate for all audiences so i, I don't mm -hmm. think it doesn't have longevity nope drake will be as successful for as long as he wants to be period mm -hmm. period he he'll make music for as long as he wants and there will be a significant amount of people that will be interested in hearing that music so he has all the longevity on the planet just like how uh whatever i don't know like um a a, a package of pringles chips will still be there 20 years later you can probably still open that can and probably They'll probably look the same as they did Not when the they came Pringles. out. I'm just saying. Like, and let me, go ahead. I, I, I would like to retort because to what you're last saying, because, for, yes, there are people who are jumping on what Yassine was saying because he was saying that he doesn't like Drake's music. I started off by clarifying there's parts of what he, what most death was saying that I agree with. It's not because he said that he doesn't like Drake's it's music that I, that I that I'm that I'm holding. It, it's. It's not even just how he did it because if let me give you an example if if uh if Gunna if um if Lil Durk gave that take or if somebody from 
like his one of his peers or somebody from this generation or somebody who's like coming up like uh, Lil Yachty were to give the same take, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Like you're that they're on that they're in this era, they're of this because era. You but hold for somebody most up to a certain staff that I, you feel I, like he should and take he's the carried himself like that. Yeah, he's out. carried himself like yeah. that. Like, give a mature take to, to me, that. to me, and, the, and that's my that's my opinion on his on the way that he disseminated his opinion. One part I of information I, I, that we all don't have, we really don't know what the relationship between Mostef and Drake really is. I'm well, sure it was, I'm sure they cross paths way more than we probably know. There's always yeah, a possibility maybe. that they they speak on the phone. Who knows? This could be uh, what we're seeing now. The way Mostef did that as a result of maybe there's some friction that we're unaware of between them. Maybe most stuff has ran into Drake. Like there's, there could be way more information about this that we're unaware of as to why most stuff went in on him the way he did. We true, true, true. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's uh that is also a valid, uh, a valid uh, addition to, to this discussion because these, these, uh, these entertainer type entertainer types definitely, uh, cross paths in, uh, in ways and times that we're not necessarily aware of. So maybe there was some underhanded shit that he heard Who and knows? he wanted to. That, that's always a possibility yeah, too. There could be maybe, stuff that maybe. we don't know about their relationship that made most be like, you know what? This guy's music's trash. It's, 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 you know, maybe he didn't even believe half the stuff he was saying, but I, I agree with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I agree with that. Drake's music does nothing for me. Nothing. I hear it and it's good music and some of them are earworms. Like I said, I didn't like Hotline Bling when I first heard it. And then it's just... I still hate it. it you still hate it, Nina? Really? To this day? I, to this day? This is, it pisses me off. To this day? <laughs> wow, no. Like, uh, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this song's not good. And then a little more I heard it, I was like, oh, this song's not so bad. And then I was like, by the end, I was like, yo. <laughs> he was doing the dance. And all that stuff or whatever. So it's like... Um, I, Shit is fire. He knows how to make popular music i don't know if it's what you want to say is in terms of good music that's debatable because the reason why i don't like him like i've always said is that there's no substance in his music for me he talks about his world he doesn't talk about the world and that's just something that i just can't get down with in his music and i've been holding out hope with every album that came out that he was gonna like you know spread himself as an artist you know, dig deeper and do more stuff. And my last album was Views, that I had that hope. I I was so looking forward to listening to that album. I was like, I feel it. I feel this is it. Drake's going to take that next leap as an artist, and he's going to come with some, you know, thought-provoking stuff. And it was just more of the same bullshit. You listen to Scary Hours 3? I'm not listening to any not, more Drake. <laughs> I'm done with listening to Drake music. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've done well, my due diligence with this we're, guy. We're done with this segment too. Oh. But I have some quick headlines. Okay. Just really quick before we go to no better take. Okay. So 21 Savages, he was teasing a biopic called American Dream that was supposed to, st was supposed to star Donald Glover and Caleb something. Can't remember his last name, but he's the kid from Stranger Things. Um, he admitted he, it was just a parody to promote his album. Boo. <laughs> That's not Travis, true. <laughs> Travis Scott and Burna Boy are going to be be performing at this year's Grammys happening on Reddy's date of birth. Wow. Okay. Um, the Grammys are February 3rd. Yes. All right. What day is that? A Sunday? Saturday. Yes. It's a Sunday. It's a second. Grammys February oh, never mind. Sunday. Never mind. It's February 4th. 
Okay. Sorry, not Reddy's date of birth. Oh, okay. Uh, Doja Cat's mom filed a restraining order on Doja Cat's brother for being abusive and allegedly knocking Doja Cat's teeth out. What? What? Yeah. What? But, yeah. Her brother, her mom filed a restraining order against, so that her son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But no further developments have been released. God damn. Um, Drake and J. Cole pushed back their Big Is The What tour. It was supposed to start on January 18th, but now it's starting on February 2nd. And no, there's no Canadian dates, and we don't know why. It's all about There will be. You know there's going to be Canadian dates, Nina. Stop I don't think this. so. I think it's just the small little tour. Nina, small a small it. little tour with J. Cole and Drake? Is that Drake. what you just no, said? No, it's like it's it's like a month. It's not even long. Nina. That 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 leg of the tour is not long. Nina. You think there's Come not on, gonna Nina. be more? No, I don't. I don't. All right, well, let's put a pin in that, Ready Fox. Make a note of that because there's absolutely What are we talking about? One hundred percent gonna be a Toronto date. I don't know what I, you're talking I, about. I hope so. There will be. Uh, Speaking of which, yo, you know what? You guys, did you guys see the Lovers and Friends lineup? No. What is Lovers and Friends? Oh my God. Lovers and Friends R&B festival in Vegas happens every year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yo, this lineup is my dream come true. Uh, Lil Wayne performing uh, the Carter 3. That alone? Oh my God. Uh, we have Usher performing Confessions. Wow. We got Nas, Ludacris, Nelly, Akon, Neo, Janet Jackson, Alicia Keys, Ja Rule, Ooh. Ashanti, T-Pain, Backstreet Boys, Gwen Stefani, Nelly Furtado, Sierra, TLC, MIA, and it goes on. Jeezy, T.I., Rick Ross. Like, this is my dream come true. It's already Why? sold out, isn't it? It's already sold out. Tickets are on sale tomorrow for general admission. You my better, gonna sell you out better in one second. wake up and be online trying before. My aunt might be going, you know, my aunt. Be- you have to start trying to log in five minutes before it's open to the public. JoJo's on here too. Where 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 is it being held? In Vegas. Wow. Maj- Nina, you're gonna Maj- go, aren't you? I don't know, man, because I'm supposed to go to Miami in May too. Look at this jet setter. <laughs> I know. My aunt is Corporate going. Corporate Nina, man. <laughs> My aunt from Vancouver is going, and I'm very jealous. She went last year too. Anyways, and then also Young Thug's jail visit with Mariah the Scientist leaked online, and a lot of artists such as Meek Mill and Drake are coming to his defense, saying that that's a big lawsuit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I saw. I actually saw a clip of it. Same. And it's very odd, though. Yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to make it a point to not just like I don't watch leaked. that whole sentence there. I don't get it. Wait, he doesn't even know who we're talking about. You know who Young Thug is. I've heard of him, but I have no idea who Mariah Scientist is. As his girl, Mariah Scientist, his girlfriend. She, she's also an artist. Yeah, is she dope? I don't know anything about I, her. Either. I don't really listen to her, to be honest. Sometimes people just tell me I look like her. It's because I have chubby cheeks, but that's it. <laughs> and last but not least, why is it a lawsuit though? Oh, because it was like his jail visit. Yeah, it's private. Basically, she was they were, she was visiting. They were talking on video, like a video conferencing. Like, and when you go to visit jail, some jails don't let you go see the inmates. Oh, so they were talking. Oh, I get it now. I see. I get it. Yeah, get and it. somebody ah. filmed it and and leaked it, and, and leaked it was it. it was definitely internal because nobody could just. It's not see even. Some, it's an internal I system. Could, you I can't just tell log from the on story and watch who it. was in jail and who was visiting who. I had no idea. What Jesus was going Christ! On there. You know, Young Thug is in jail, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> Carry on. Anyways. Nina. Avril Lavigne is going on a Greatest Hits tour, and she's coming to Budweiser on August 16th, and I am also trying to go to that, because when really? I was 10... You're an, Avril, you're an Avril Lavigne fan? 
bro when i was 10 that was the first concert i really wanted to go to my mom said no because i was too young and then hillary duff came and she said i could go see hillary duff so i went was a little bit more uh she was a little cleaner yeah but now and i was actually talking to my parents about it yesterday i'm like oh my god i want to go so bad mom didn't let me go when i was younger my dad's like yeah because you were too young i'm like yeah well now i'm gonna go so hopefully i get tickets (laughs) anyways it is time okay should we do yes of course run the intro we'll just do it for a quick time okay so what i have to play the intro of course you do okay everybody i don't think people realize when the intro is playing because it just sounds like we're talking but here's the intro um no i don't want that one i want to make up my own jingles like no better no better no better that's the echo the echo is a dead giveaway (laughs) dead giveaway okay what is the hardest part about dating you uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Ready take this one. But no, I always have to go first when you can't think of something. So now you go. Ooh. Okay. Well, what's the take? No, but we need to know the hardest part about dating you. Oh, I, the hardest part of I am not the best at expressing emotions. Okay. And it's bothersome to the gal pick me. Yes, then. that would bother me very much. Right. Uh. I think I'm probably better at it now, but from past relationship experiences, I see where they were coming from, especially the last relationship. I feel like I really messed up the last relationship with m- the way I didn't nurture the relationship enough. But yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I'd probably just maybe I wasn't emotionally available enough and that makes it hard to uh, hang out with the kid. Nice. All right. Mm-hmm. Solitaire. <sighs> the hardest part about dating me i don't know man i think i'm a i think i'm a pretty uh, i think your I'm celebrity a status must make it hard yeah. for them i think yeah, i'm i, I think i'm fu- i think i'm fun i think i'm engaging has it been a problem for girlfriends in the past because you're like a celebrity and you're touring and you're going maybe she thinks yeah. you're doing stuff when you're on the road you know what N- no, I wouldn't say that. It, that has never really been an issue for me because I, I, I always never got people, caught. Yes, I, <laughs> right. Nina, I don't exactly, cheat. I'm not Nina. a cheater. Black men don't cheat, Nina. I'm not a cheater. Uh, I think for me, when I was single and on the road, I always say to people, yes, I did my thing when I was on the road, but probably not as much as what people would imagine. It's remember like I used to think about... you remember I used to think you had a kid somewhere that you just don't know about. <laughs> oh my god. She used to say don't that all the me. time. So wait, Nina, but, uh, what's the hardest thing about dating you? Uh for me, I think I just have a lot of uh trust issues from the past, which causes me to want a lot of reassurance. Uh, and a lot of I and yeah, I think I just yeah, a lot of reassurance. I would say that would be it. And I'm also very like uh I'm a planner. I'm not a go with the flow kind of girl. You don't like spontaneity. Mm. Nah, shit's got. And you like? Do you are you do you like to be proactive? Do you like to take charge of the plans, or you want to be planned for? Uh, I have always taken charge of plans, unfortunately, but I do like being planned for. But then the tricky part is, I like to be planned for if I know it's something that I will like. I don't want you to like. I I want to at least give you hint like options of what I'll like, and then you go plan that. Yeah. You know there was a there's a video I watched online where. This is actually a genius take where the guy gets a, the girl, they're about to go somewhere. He's taking her for a surprise. The girl gets in the car. He's like, guess where I'm going to take you? And she's like, you're taking me to 
Harbor 60. He's like, yeah, that's right. That's exactly where I'm taking oh, he just <laughs> Whatever she says, whatever she he guesses. He went with it. Because it's usually something that she would want. I was like, yo, that's that's the move. That's, that's the funny. That's smart. Yeah. I'm going to right, steal so that. We'll, we'll yeah. get into some of the responses here. Uh, one person said the hardest thing about dating them is g- gaining happy weight with all the good food. Ugh. That's okay. not a hard thing for dating someone. Oh, that's a hard thing. Guess. That's a hard thing. Something else, too, is uh, I think this is a valid point, and I do this. I'm guilty of doing this a lot, too, is expecting me out of people. You expect people to do to that, you as you would do to them. That's a life lesson, period, regardless of relationships. That's yep. the source of a lot of frustration for us in society in general is that we expect people to do the things that we would do. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing you got to let go of. This is only something I've come to realize and started to really um, absorb or appreciate fully. Like, stop expecting people to do the things that you would do. You will save yourself a lot of frustration. Yeah. Uh, That is much easier said than done, though. Fact. Because you also... When you abide, when you when you abide by the code of li- do unto others as you would have them do unto you, it becomes even more frustrating yes. when people don't do unto you as you do unto others. So it's, I would actually say that's that's a, I, I have a little bit of that in me as well. Yeah, yeah and this next one too. I have a lot. I expect me out of people. I have a lot of that. Don't and this that next anymore. one too. The next one too is definitely. Oh, me the next one kind of, uh, depending on how extensive it is, it kind of annoys me uh liking your own space like just a lot yeah i like my own space a lot this person said yes that's that's a problem but that's part of my emotional unavailability i think too because i see this is my thing like i can be in a relationship with you or even as a friend like depending on the type of friend like i could chill with you guys and like we don't have to talk or interact with each other we could just be in each other's presence but that is golden and that's what i'm like with certain friends that i'm very close with and in a relationship like that's my thing like i want to take advantage of all unplanned time that we have together if there's an evening where it's both like oh we're both just chilling like let's just hang out together but like do our own thing like just chill in the room together and like i'm on yeah because then because then it will just end up in sex at at some point and that's always great but like that's the thing like for me and i didn't realize there's people out there who actually just would rather just be alone during that time and i'm sitting here like what we're in a relationship why wouldn't you want to just hang out and i'm okay with that too if you if you can just hang out around me and not bother me i'm i love that that's great yeah it's like that's i you don't find that very often or you got to be really comfortable with each other and get to the point where you know you're deeper in a relationship but Originally, you especially keep, when you're keep, dating someone in the first few months, I don't think you get that luxury of just being able to hang around them no. and not uh, just gotta not be, doing anything. You got to be comfortable with yourself. That's yeah. the key factor because silence is silence is intimidating. If you're like, "What's this person thinking? What are you thinking? Are you bored? Are you are you, are you you're having second thoughts?" Like when you get in your own head and you start kind of like creating this whole like this whole narrative in your head. Those are the people that you can't just chill with because they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then the more you ask what's wrong is the yeah. more I'm like Yo. annoyed. Yeah. yeah. Actually, OK, uh, this these last two I'm going to read off. OK, this one I don't really do, but I do it in my head as a joke, but I don't actually do it. Uh, if we get into an argument and I don't hear from you after a few hours, we're broken up. If I don't hear from you for more than 24 hours, we are broken up. <laughs> That's not That's normal. Holy 24 hours, you said, Nina? 24 hours? Are you that's not ridiculous. If you can go an entire day without talking to me, don't ever talk to me again. 
And another one. I'm very guilty of this. I'm going to always bring up the foul shit you've done to me. I don't care if seven years went by, because why did you do that? Never let the past be the past. I think it's a Scorpio in me. I don't know. I, hate I don't. That shit. I hate I just, that shit. I just do it. I hate that shit. I, re I remember it, but I don't bring it up unless it's relevant to the to the argument we're having right now. I won't good, just Nina. like I won't just I use that as a, spiral. As, a as a segue. Can't do that, Nina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> well, I, I have and I will. And that's why, I can't and I'll help you hurt people. Hurt. I want to remind you how much you hurt me. <laughs> oh. Anyway, only if it's relevant. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's it for no better take. All right. And that's it for this edition of Hashtag Uncensored. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Like this episode, share it with a friend, and let us know what you think about our Blast hot it on takes. your speaker driving through the neighborhood so people here just keep replaying the intro and then people will hear and listen to us. Especially, especially no better take. No better, <laughs> no better, no better take. Yo, don't ever pursue a career in singing, okay? You know, <laughs> ever. <laughs> And that's all, y'all. Have a great week. Peace.